Welcome to the Coop Tank. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, coming to you from Sweet Recording in beautiful Mount Laurel, New Jersey. And to tell us about this wonderful studio is the owner, the producer of the show, and my buddy, Joe Gangemi. What's up, Joe? Thanks, Coop. You're the best. Happy New Year to you. So, yeah, at Sweet Recording, we help brands, businesses, and organizations to launch podcasts and YouTube channels to amplify their message and reach their target audience in a unique way. We also will help you to leverage that content on social media and your website and beyond um, mm -hmm. in the form of video clips, blog posts, and more. It's an efficient and effective approach to your digital marketing. So if you're interested in learning more, you can contact us anytime at hello at sweetrecording.com or visit us on the web at sweetrecording.com. Again, that's S-U-I-T-E. Take it away, Coop. Yeah, check them out. Joe does a great job. That's why I'm at the studio. And anyway, so we have a great show today. You know, it's my first time recording in uh, 2024, and and it feels good. And so, happy New Year to everybody. And our one of our guests, our first guest, is uh, from JC Technologies. Is Jack Zoblin. How you doing, Jack? Great. How you doing, Coop? I'm good. Good. And from the Ronald McDonald House, my buddy Marcin Bilecki. How you doing, Marcin? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Coop. And finally, from Graham Communications, Mr. Steve Graham. How are you, Steve? Good. How are you doing, Steve? Happy New Year. Good. All right. So, Jack, tell us a little about JC. Tell us, uh, tell us what your company does, what you do. Great. Thanks, Steve. Um, my company, JC, we help businesses shape their strategies related to technology. Uh, everybody likes, um, likes to use technology, and we find ways to help companies better themselves using the things that are out there that are available, for telephony, internet, and social media. Okay, now how about you, Marcin? Tell us what you do for the Ronald McDonald House, and tell us a little about the Ronald McDonald House itself. Sure, sure. So um, what I do for Ronald McDonald House is I'm a program coordinator. Um, and my role is um, primarily to uh, steward and bolster and manage um, our family room program, which uh, we have 11 rooms in nine area South Jersey hospitals. And what it is, it's an extension or a tentacle of our home beyond um, the five hospitals that our families utilize for treatment. Um, and what those rooms are, they're put within the unit. So it's a NICU emergency room or pediatric unit and it's within the closed doors and so the family never has to leave the unit you're no more than 10 feet away from your child or your family member who's getting treatment and i'm going to provide you with quick service meal hot coffee tea snacks tv sometimes a shower a bathroom or even a bed um but overall um, what I do for the Ronald McDonald House is what I do is I help families in their journey and try to get them from point A to everybody's cured and feeling happy. And we put smiles on families' faces where they're home away from home. So what we do is we try to provide two square meals a day through our volunteerism, be a community partner, have a very warm, nice bed to sleep in, a house to come back to, relax watch movies, video games, and interact with other families. That's great. And people, if you save your uh, soda tabs, you can take them to the Ronald McDonald House and they, they make, it's, they make, it's like a, a donation. So they, it's great. My wife worked, my wife did some volunteer work for them and we would always save the soda tabs. And I was like, even the beer tabs, which, you know, still, it's, you know, it's good. So, okay, Steve, now, now Graham Communications, of course, is named after you, but tell, tell us about your company. Sure. Um, we started 2003 
Um, we were mostly a graphic design firm. We have morphed dramatically over the years due to a lot of reasons, but now we primarily focus on social media marketing and event planning. We do a ton of content development through photography, video production. We do a lot of event planning. We help nonprofit organizations and for-profit organizations put their events together in terms of theme, overall look, um, even hiring speakers. And um, it's just, it's been an interesting, interesting ride, that's for sure. So, you know, we're all a little bit older. I can say that. You're not going to get offended. We're not like, you know, 25-year-olds. So we've all had a bunch of, we've all done a different bunch of different stuff. So, Jack, how did you end up where you are now? How did you end up at JC? What was your path? So my, my path was pretty simple. I grew up in this area. Um, Camden, Pensalkin, Cherry Hill, Marlton, back to Cherry Hill, and now we're in Marlton again. Um, my family was always in the bar and restaurant business. My dad had a liquor store in Cherry Hill. He had a bar in Pensalkin. That was my initial career when I graduated college. I did that for a few years for him. And then I went into telecommunications in, in 1989. And I worked for a couple small long distance companies. And after doing that for about 10 years, I decided it was time to work for one of the big guys. So after doing a little, a lot of soul searching, I, I took a job with a company called Quest Communications. I had a really great career there. And in the summer of 2001, that's where things got really interesting. Quest bought US West. They went from a 3,000 employee entrepreneurial company to a 25,000 employee Bell company. And there were a lot of changes. I, was, I wasn't I was affected that much by the changes, but I wanted to do something else. So I started a new job in Washington, D.C. with a new provider on September 11th, 2001. I remember the day vividly. Only two, two weeks after September 11th, this company that I left a great career to go work for, lost their financing. Two weeks after that, they laid off half of the company. And a week after that, October of 2001, I was out of a job. And nobody was hiring. We we know what happened to, you know, the country and the industry and everything in, in 2001. And there was nothing out there. There were no jobs. And I always did third-party distribution. These are independent people that sell for the providers. And I had did some soul searching with my wife. And I said, you know what, hon? I've always done this channel business. I've made millionaires out of people that didn't know nearly as much as I do. I said, I'm going to do this myself. So I started a company, Corey Communications, which we had a very successful 20-year track record in this area. Um, in November of 2021, literally 20 years to the date of when I incorporated, I sold to a Pennsylvania company called Helm Partners. I worked for them for a year. And after that year was over, I decided to start JC Technology to go back to the roots of when I first started Corey, really getting engaged with the customers, getting my hands dirty, and really helping these people make fundamental fundamental changes to their technology and help them better their business by using the technology. 
Well, that's great, man. That's that's always a good story. Now, Steve, you had said you started your company in 2003, but what, what made you start? What was your path to starting that company in 2003? So I went to school for commercial art. Um, I was really drawing artistic angle. And I, I always did a lot of jobs on the side. I was doing brochures for family, friends. I was doing um, photography on stuff. I illustrated a coloring book for a realtor one time. And then I started getting into the job world. And I was wor I worked for a number of agencies, some of them in Philadelphia, one in Conshohocken. Great, incredible experience. I worked for a plastics company for 13 years. I ran all of their marketing. And I really came up through the computer age. I mean, I was literally self-taught on a Mac computer. So I was, my career took off the same time computers were starting to get implemented. So, you know, morphed, grew as the computers grew. Um, always doing a couple things on the side here and there. And the little voice inside me at one point said, you've done this for a long time for other people. Same thing, why don't you try it yourself? And it was a big leap. You know, you're walking away from somebody paying your insurance. And as I always joke, the paycheck fairy showing up on a regular basis every other Friday. You are now in this world where if you don't, you don't hustle, the paycheck fairy doesn't show up. So I was always been very motivated. I was somebody that worked at a couple jobs, helping myself through college and all that. But um, now I got to get my hands dirty myself. And I just started just connecting with... Um, I did some marketing for myself, but word of mouth started to help me, um, made some great friends along the way. And then just, it just grew and grew. And I just, I love it because I get to deal directly with all the business owners and I get to sit down with the VPs and the, and I get to ask them the questions, like, kind of like you're asking now, you know, how did you get into this business? So why did, what's your original message? You know, you know, and we get to pull that story out and put it into their marketing message. That's awesome. How about you, Marcin? I, I I know I know your story, but tell us how you ended up at Ronald McDonald House. No, no, thank you. Uh, so I have more of a colorful story. Um, one, uh, I kind of moved to the area blindly. Um, I'm from Michigan. Um, I'm through and through a banker. Uh, did it for 21 years. Uh, went to college. Uh, back in the day, they used to have formal banking programs. So out of college, I got accepted to a bank in Detroit, Michigan. And I went through a track um, to be a commercial lender and the rest was history. So I was a banker for life. Um, I was going up to the ranks. I was having a great time. Um, I moved out to Philly in 2005. I uh, got a great job, met some great people. Um, I love what I did. Uh, as, as much as you guys had, had said, I got to ask the questions. I got to build the relationships. I got to do the networking, you know, and having a great time. Um, so, but in, in this journey, I met my wife, um, who, uh, was really colorful. She was really passionate. She had a lot more on her plate than I did. I was more black and white. Um, and so she volunteered at the Ronald McDonald house here in Camden. Um, it was her senior hours project when she was 17, Paul the sixth. So on one of our first dates, she brought me to the house rather than going to a bar or a restaurant or a barbecue. And so slowly but surely, I would, you know, be volunteering here, enjoying it. I'm looking at the families and they're smiling. They're happy. They're going through all these emotions and they're, they're on this path of trying to help their, you know, their, their children, all this kind of stuff. But yet they're there 
smiling, having a great time. So that always sat in the back of my mind. So as my career grew um, and I started having children, um, things started happening. Uh, my mind started changing to, is there something more I could do? Yes. So I started volunteering more at the banks I worked at. So I started being more part of the community, started to become more available to boards and partnerships with the American Red Cross and college foundations. I was having a blast. Pandemic hits. The world ends. Um, everything I did and knew left me. There was no more networking. There was no more face-to-face -face contact. There was no more handshaking. It was protect your portfolio, make sure everyone's okay. We'll let you know. So as the time prolonged, a benefit happened to me. I was at home with my kids. I have three of them. They're young, 11, eight, and five. And I'm enjoying every bit of it. And I realized as I was growing my career, I was missing a lot of opportunities with my family. So the pandemic starts clearing up, the offices start opening, you know, networking starts coming in a little bit here and there. And one day I woke up out of a fog. I got up from my desk. I went to my boss's desk and I said, I'm sorry, but I'm leaving. And I left. It was the hardest decision I've ever did. I opened the door. I left everything behind. And let me tell you guys, nobody's looking to hire an ex-banker. They're, they're, not, they're not banging down my doors. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do and all this kind of stuff. Lo and behold, 18 months after my journey of leaving, trying a few things, my wife says, hey, there's a position open at the Ron McDonald House in Camden. Let me introduce you to the president, CEO, executive director. So let's see, it's a fit. I came in. Two hours later, I was hired. The rest is history. Now, I'm using a part of my brain I've never used before. There's a lot of black and white. There's now there's a lot of color. So today, my mission is to come in every day and make sure people are okay and doing the best I can do for them when I leave. And it's taking a lot of pressure off. I'm with my family. I'm having a lot of fun. That's how I got here. So really, at the end of the day, it was my wife. So she does do great things for me. That's pretty, you guys all have great stories. Now, you know, as we sit there and we work and we starting, as I said earlier, this is my first time recording in 2024 and uh, the new year happens. And I always laugh uh, when the new year happens because you go on LinkedIn and everyone's putting up these bullshit uh, resolutions and they're all written in AI because they all look the same and they're telling you how great they are. And I'm like, well, you know what? Really? Like, okay, write it without the same, you know, what are your what are what are your goals for 2024? Because you all seem like guys who start something. What are you like, Steve? What are your goals? Have you started a goal process for 2024? Are you someone who waits a little bit? Um, well, the first one I'm really focusing on is the health, because um, and really what started it was um, I like to walk, I like to hike, and um, we had to watch my son's 85 pound chocolate lab for a week and a half. So that bless that dog, it got me outside twice a day walking. So the first thing I try to do time permitting and weather permitting is I get out at like as early as possible. And I, I put about two miles in, in the Winona woods, well, you know, kind of rough landscape. So it's not like a path you're walking and it's, it just, it revives you. I mean, when you start it, you don't want to be outside. It's cold. And all of a sudden your mind's clear. You start to think 
before you turn that computer on and that cell phone on and these little distractions start coming in, you just get that nice, quiet peace and you, 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 you plan your day out. And it's been tremendous for me. So really my goal is health, you know, is to just, you know, with, as we're all so busy and we're all running a hundred miles an hour, but it's just to take that, you know, we're like a car, like you a joke saying, we're all at that age. Now you're at that car where you got to start paying attention and change the oil when it's time to change the oil. So that's my big focus. The, the work stuff, thank God is going well. We've got tons of big events this year, but that's my focus, I think, is to be able to enjoy it because we got two grandkids, a third on the way, and I want to make sure that the physical machine is working with all of the mental machine as well. How about you, Marcin? What's, what, what, are some, what is a goal for you in 2024? Have you already started planning? I have. I have. So for me, I have a tendency to forget about um, myself. And it's not for any reason. It's just uh, I get caught up in a lot of different things. and I forgot about things that I want to do. So really, along with health, and I think, you know, Steve, you make a great point. I have three kids. They're young. I have to make sure my machine is working well. And I have to get back into making my mind be busier and healthier and my body and walking and having a great time. But for me, um, it's uh, getting back to hobbies and stuff that I like. So I'm a kind of a mechanical guy. I like classic cars. I grew up in Detroit. I bought myself an older Corvette um, and it's been in my garage for three years. So I'm going to get back to that. I'm going to just go, you know, get it started, you know, tinker around with it. I got two sons, my daughter, they're interested in it. And they said to me, Hey dad, why don't you ever drive a car? And I never have an answer. So I'm going to work on a hobby. I'm working on learning something new. So build on my mechanics, and then, for God's sakes, I'm going to learn how to golf this year. That's so, awesome. How about you, Jack? What's, what's, what, what are you looking at for 2024? Goal for the business is to, um, because we're in our second, really, our, 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 we're going into our second year. Um, we're, we're trying to double the amount of uh, customers that we have. Um, I, I have to jump on what Steve said is I, I I'm so thankful for my dog because that gets me out and to do that walk and I did it this morning uh, not two miles a little less but it was cold and that's what I like that's what I like to do and I like to get out and meet people so my goal is to do more networking and to meet more people this year health is so important i actually went back to the gym my wife had given me crap and i swear to god i go back to the gym i go to planet fitness here in cherry hill and there's the same guy who sits there walking around on his damn earplug talking business never see him on a machine and i'm like it hasn't changed it's crazy so okay so we know we've talked about what you guys goals are and then you know what you do we're gonna start with you jack what makes you good at what you do why are you good at what you do well Steve, I'm I'm ready for this question because I watched a lot of the coop tanks. Um, I think I've been doing this for 30 years and I've won a lot of business. And um, the thing that makes me me, if anybody knows me, is that, yes, I, I have a good knowledge of, of voiceover IP, telephony, internet. But where the rubber meets the road is when a customer has a problem. I dig in, we get the problem resolved, we don't point any fingers, and 
the biggest thing is we don't run and hide. We get it done. We do a, 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 an analysis afterwards as to what happened. How can we make sure that this doesn't happen again? But if you're a client of mine and you have a problem, I'm in there with you until it gets resolved. I think that's my biggest uh, plus. Okay. How about you, Marcy? What's make you? What makes you good at what you do? So one of the things that uh, I do is I listen, um, and listen and be honest. Uh, those are two traits that I got from banking, um, and just from all the mentors I've had around me. Is I never judge a book by its cover. I never make assumptions, and I never want to be reactive to anything, no matter what situation it is. Um, if you're having a bad day you know, blame, you know, anything is I'm here to listen. I'll be honest with you and, you know, come at me with anything. And um, I'm just calm really at the end of the day. Um, so I think that's what helps me get through everything because what I saw before in the business world in corporate setting, what I see today is night and day. Um, so I can't get emotional with what I deal with day to day today. And I couldn't get mad at what I left behind, if that makes sense. Okay. How about you, Steve? Um, we're storytellers. I mean, we, um, everybody gets kind of guilty of when you've been doing the same thing for so long, you kind of just routinely go in and start doing the same thing. We like to sit down with the clients and really hear the story. You know, uh, how did you start this thing? What is it? And it's amazing. Nine out of 10 times, it's a fascinating story. You know, well, my grandfather came out of the war and was doing this and selling this and that. And we pull that, we like to pull that story out. So we, when we, we're content developers and we want, every time we post a video, we want the, something to be in there to really grab somebody's attention. And we want to make sure that the story that these company founders, what motivated them to get into this business and take this jump, we want to make sure that is portrayed in their marketing materials. Okay. So, you know, all of you have mentioned at some point in this conversation, networking. Okay. And we all go networking. And it's very important, well, not only to network for you, but to help other people out. That's what I always look at. You know, you help, you help other people out. and It's going to come back to you. It's not about you. But then sometimes you meet some people in networking, you want to help them out, and they become total pricks, or they don't follow up, or they don't call, and such like that. So you guys are all good networkers. When you go networking, and you look for someone that you may want to refer out to someone or be a business partner, what are some characteristics that are important for that person to have. Like me, I like integrity. You know, I can also tell straight up from years of doing stand-up, you know, when I do stand-up, we observe. I can tell when someone's full of shit. It's been my whole life. People will sit there and they go, and I go, no, that person's an asshole. And they go, oh, no, no. I go, no, that person's an asshole. And six months later, they come back, my friend, oh, yeah, you're right, that person was an asshole. I said, I told you. But what's a characteristic that you look for, or a few that you look for in people that you want to do business with, or you want to bring into your circle because we all do have little not not clicks i mean there are clicks but we all start an inner circle of people that we will refer so marcine what is a characteristic that you look in what do you want someone who you're going to refer to or you're going to bring into your network what's a characteristic they have to have they have to have the ability to show me that they want a relationship uh not a transaction that's the number one thing you know to be a transactional 
that means that you just said hi and you gave me a sales pitch and I'm supposed to bite at that, that moment. Um, I like to have that person who starts the conversation and then follows up the next day, the next week, and we build that relationship. And at the end of the day, trust. So it has to be the ability that I see and that person sees the value of us working together to mutually benefit each other because transactions, they only last one time. How about you, Jack? What, 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 what do you need to see in someone? I really like to know what that person is doing, how long they've been doing that and where they see themselves in that position um, over the next year or so. Because um, the last thing that I want to do is network with somebody that's in a very quick transitional thing. Oh, I'm just doing this until I find something else. Well, not bother. When I network, I never pitch at a networking event. My, my goal is to go out, have a drink, meet a couple people, you know, maybe strike up a couple conversations and take it from there. Networking is to meet people, to find out about what they do, to move you on to a different, you know, to a different level after that networking group. And that's how I look at it, Steve. How about you, Steve? I like kindness. I mean, I like genuinely kind people because um, they tend to be looking after others. And if they're running a business and they're a kind person, they're, they have a quality product or a quality service. I mean, you can tell right off the bat, you know, when someone has, has a good heart and kindness and they, they like a warm approach, you can come up to them. And in net, networking is so tough because, you know, um, I mean, we've trained network in the past, but it's, you know, when you can come up and start a conversation with people and they're looking at you in the eye and they're responding to you. They're not looking at your phone and going, yeah, 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 like this. Like they're generally, they're generally concerned, you know, if you're talking to them, it's not how are you doing? And they're asking you that because they have to ask you that. You can tell when the people are asking that and they really want to know how you're doing. So, which leads me to having a lot of nonprofits as clients because they tend to be very kind, caring, going in the extra mile people. But that's kind of what I look for. I look for, at this point in my life, I want to work with kind people. So you know who you want to work with. Now let's get back and delve into ourselves. Talking about our professional lives, a weakness we have. Like me, I procrastinate. I've been writing a book on networking forever. It's all in my head. It's called, you know, it's called Don't Be a Jerk, the Comedy of Networking. And it's a mixture of stories. And it's all in my head. But I don't sit down. I'd rather clean my desk than actually write it. And I've written a screenplay before. I've written a book before. But I just, I procrastinate. I sit there. And then at the end of the day, I feel like shit. I'm like, oh, I should have done that. But you know, hey, I wanted to watch Reacher. I wanted to watch the show Reacher because it's really <laughs> good. But yeah. what's a, uh, a weakness in your business life like we had talked about you know when we said what are your goals a lot of them were personal jack yours was a little more because you're new in business but what is a weakness you have we'll stay with you steve what's a weakness you have when it comes to your professional life hmm it's a good question so so to rephrase that question, you wanted to know what is a weakness in yeah, the like me, weakness is procrastinating when it comes to your life. What is a weakness? What is something that you want to you? If it's a weakness, you want to correct it. Of course, what's something that you need to change? You think in your business life, that's something that you, you may ignore, but you know, it's there, but you don't want to look at it. So I would say, um, 
I got a lot of ideas. I'm chasing a hundred miles an hour. I don't think I give thing things enough depth. I don't take time and I research as much as I need. I get things going. I'm jumping on it. I'm moving on to the next thing. You know, probably a weakness of mine is you know, going a hundred miles an hour in 10 different directions instead of slowing down and taking a breath. And I think that's taking me back to my walk because that really does help me in the morning going, okay, these are the five things I got to deal with today. How do I address these? I think I need to make more time in that to slow down and almost not a meditative state, but dive a little deeper into things. How about you, Jack? I think one of my weaknesses is one of the things that's most fulfilling for me in business. Um, with what I do in telecommunications and what I sell, um, I'm paid on the revenue that the customer generates. I've always been that um, strategic company that helps the small to mid-sized company where the big carriers, the big providers, they don't really care about that. So I guess my weakness is I tend to get involved sometimes with good people. I bring them a great solution. Everything works out well, but I do it at a sacrifice to me because I'm chasing sometimes a smaller company that um, just isn't going to bring the revenue. Now, how it's helped me is those customers between my old company and my new company, they're the ones that last. So I don't think it's a fault. But that's one of the things that I do do is to tend to work with the smaller people that maybe I won't make as much money, but I make great relationships and I have great customers. How about you, Marcin? So for me, it's, it's a little different. Uh, you know, Jack, Steve, I can relate to a lot of what you guys uh, have said in this question and throughout this um, conversation. Um, this one's it's tough for him. I'm put it out there because. I got to work through it. But for me, it's confidence. I left a, a career that I was very confident in and I became very vulnerable to where I came to. So no one's ever said anything negative to me. You know, I've been reviewed already at the job. I'm, I'm going on two years. I question the confidence and the ability. Do I have it? Do I have what it takes every day? And so sometimes it's a hindering thing to me. But also it's a builder for me because then I reset and say, no, you're doing okay. Positive feedback. Everybody says, just keep learning, keep doing. So it's a little different for me because sometimes with the confidence and the vulnerability, you start questioning yourself. And that's the hard part. The funny thing about confidence is, you know, everyone lacks confidence. And if you don't, you're full of shit. I mean, seriously, you know, you see these people who are like, oh, yeah, look at me. I mean, you know, I, I was a performer for years. You know, what am I? I'm part narcissistic and I'm part insecure. It's a combination because I want to be on stage for a reason. And then I love the adoration. So I think, you know, confidence is funny that you bring that up. What is, what do you, do you find yourself as a confident person, Jack? Because you seem very outgoing and, and, and confident. I'm confident in what I do. I've spent a lot of time learning my learning the trade learning the industry it's a confusing industry steve mentioned that he grew up with the computer age when i went to college we didn't have laptops we didn't have computers everything was on a, a keyboard with a print matrix terminal so i'm self-taught and to make matters worse i got in an industry that's all 
IT. So uh, I spent a lot of time keeping up and I, and I am confident in what I sell. And I try to, uh, I try to do the, my homework and do my due diligence before I make a recommendation. How about you, Steve? We'll, we'll keep with it because Marcinia thought of the confidence. Do you, do you consider yourself a confident guy? I believe so. I mean, I, I enjoy networking. I'm not intimidated by it. Um, I'm confident in what we do. I mean, when we put events together, it feels great. The success is when everything goes smooth and everything works great. And then they call you right away and trust you to put the next one together. So I'm confident enough that I've had enough experience that I know what's going to work and what's not going to work. And Marcin, you should be confident because people like you. You know, no, I've never heard anyone say after an event, oh, that Marcin Bilecki, what a prick. I, I've heard people say that about other people, never heard it about you. Now, you know, Jack, you brought up technology and then, you know, Steve, you said the computers. I want to talk about AI because I want to know what your guys' thought on this is because everyone has a different thought on AI. You know, I, I noticed, you know, I, once again, from the entertainment background, you're never going to be able to write a script that is as good as what a human will do. I don't care, you know, and there was a big thing with the right, the actor strike. I've talked to actors who were like, you know, we really have to fight for this. And I see it on LinkedIn. We can tell when someone does, that. I mentioned earlier, an AI post. It's it's written the same. And there's always a shitload of adjectives. It's like some the same, same when people post, they're looking at like the thesaurus. You know, they think, oh, what sounds, you know, this. AI for me, it doesn't affect me, but what are your thoughts on it? Like, can you can you tell? Is it just me that said, looks at a post and go, "I know that's AI," or and maybe you want to use AI, and that's fine. But Jack, as you said, you you had to learn this technology. You okay? You came from the time when yeah, dot matrix and all. There was no AI. What is your thought about AI? Do you think it's going to affect the business world in a good or bad way? I think if it's used correctly, it's going to affect it in a great way. Um, in my industry, just to be specific, in one specific industry, the contact center, they use AI technology now to listen to every voice conversation that customer service reps are having with the customers. This AI is smart enough to understand sentiment, to understand raising and lowering of the voice and the AI is automatically tied to functionality that if someone says, I'm going to leave your company right now, and they raise their voice, a manager is notified of that, and they can jump right on that call and intercede. So there, I think AI is great. In, in what you're saying, using AI to, to manipulate and to create documentation, and I think there's going to be a lot of problems with that. Um, you're already seeing like one of the major newspapers is suing now because they actually use their um, their writings to formulate the AI information that they gather. So um, I think it's good, but you have to watch it. I understand why people have concerns over it. How about you, Marcy? Because I think it also affects you because you have young kids. So it's it's yeah. a different it's a different you know, term papers, you got to think about, you know, I mean, I wish there was Wikipedia when I was in college, you know, I had to sit there and go look at microfiche for Christ's sake. What, uh, what, what do you, what's your thought on AI, Marcin? So uh, I have to agree that if when used properly, it's going to be really awesome, you know, because I think it just, it'll help things systematically. I think it'll streamline things um, and it'll help in, in, in a lot of different aspects. What I'm scared shit of it about it is the ability of manipulation 
of creating, you know, things about you that aren't you, understanding your voice and putting it out there, um, having, you know, doing things for you that you would never do. So with my kids, that's a great question is their entire life is wrapped around technology now. There's nothing there. You have to have tablets and smart boards and, you know, they're, they have their iPhones and all that kind of stuff. And so at, to sum it all up is how do we control it? Can it be controlled and who can control it and who's going to be responsible for that? If that makes sense, that's what scares a lot out of me. How about you, Steve? Because you're in the creative field. So it's something that will affect you. It's going to affect copywriting or stuff, any of that kind of stuff. What's your take on it? Because as I said, it's something that can affect you more than it will affect us. Um, right now, I think it's the Wild West. Um, I remember watching the first Star Wars that came out and being in the movie theater and just being absolutely blown away and feeling like, how did they do this? It looks like we're in outer space. And now you watch that original Star Wars, you kind of laugh at how hokey it looks because of how they've advanced now with these movies. Um, it's gonna do amazing things. It's also gonna do amazing damage. Um, it's gonna remove the human aspect of things. Um, you know, the, it's said that the two things that drive technology the most are number one is military and number two is pornography. So there's all of that world that it comes into it. So, I mean, is it advancement? Yes, absolutely. Am I excited about it? Quite honestly, at this point, no, because I think it's going to it's going to remove a lot of people being people and the humanism of stuff. And it's going to make it I mean, it's it's hard to believe anything right now, to be honest with you. Imagine a politician and two weeks before an election, a photo comes out, putting them in a place where they weren't totally made up. It looks so real. It's unbelievable. The election comes over, they lose the election, and all of a sudden, a week later, goes, oops, that was AI. Damage already done. So I don't know how you control those kind of things. Um, there really are no rules at this point. And the people that are making the rules, I'm not thrilled about at this point either. But I do think it's going to do wonderful things. And I do think it's going to do a lot of damage too, just like the internet in general, to be honest with you. Yeah, it, it is crazy. I saw how a lot of younger guys too now, like like teens are getting AI girlfriends because then they, then they, then they don't learn how to talk to women then, you know, and, and it just, that throws the a whole thing off and it screws up their networking. And we're going to talk about networking. See that? That's a segue, people. Boom. Yeah. Uh, networking. Tell me what makes a, what makes a networking event good to you and what makes a networking event bad to you? Marcin, what makes it good? What, what's like, what do you get excited? Like, I know Jack likes to come to my uh, cocktails with Cooper because there's good people that show up. But what makes, what makes an event good for you, Marcin? And then what don't you like about an event? So what makes a, a good event for me is I walk in the door and I see engagement, you know, and I see people conversing. I don't see, um, you know, a lot of outliers who are standing by themselves, but everybody's engaging one another in a conversation over a drink, you know, saying hello um maybe you know running into each other you know after a few years so once i see the engagement in the room i can see that you know what this is going to be a, a good night and time well spent what for me is if i walk into an event and i see just people either sitting at the bar or standing by themselves on their phones then i question well what why why did we come or why did i get invited um 
So not to get frustrated, but I say, you know what, if I knew a little bit more about it, maybe I wouldn't have come because either it's the group of people were wrong, the atmosphere, the event place was wrong, but it just didn't work. And now you're thinking I could have done something else. So it's to me is if I look in and people are talking and having a great time, that's what works. How about you, Jack? I'm going to be selfish. I, I like a nice spread of food that people put. <laughs> <So I, laughs> I really enjoy that. But uh, to Marcin's point, um, you have to have people engaged. There has to be pe people that just friendly people that want to meet other people. It's really a social thing that could lead to business. It's how you look at networking. Um, one of the gentlemen mentioned the, the people that you meet at a networking group and they immediately go into a pitch. That's the biggest turnoff to me. The people, if you're engaged in a conversation and you're very close having a conversation, when someone walks right in the middle of that and introduces themselves and starts a pitch, that's not, that's not a good thing for, for me. So um, I, I like to have people there. I like to have good food and drink. And I like people that want to meet other people to, uh, for many reasons. Some people want to meet social. Some people want to meet for business. And that's what networking is all about. How about you, Steve? I like a well-run event, um, one that starts on time. Um, the registration table moves you smoothly in. You get an opportunity to network for about 20 minutes to a half hour. And then the speaking presentation start on time. Everybody's to the point. Um, the food is very good. Um, and it's just, it's, it's set up well that when you walk in there, you feel like this is well done. You know, I, I don't like the ones where, you know, there's a hundred people in the room and they say, let's go around the room and give everybody 30 seconds to say hi. And you know, somebody's going to take seven minutes and this guy's going to take 10 minutes. And, and then you're standing there and it's like half the time you forget who said hi, but I like well-run events. I'm lucky because I'm in the Gloucester County Chamber of Sound County Chamber, and I'm spoiled now because they run them very well. You come in, it rolls, it gets, and when they say it's over at 930, it's over at 930. So, I never get when people go over. Like, I wouldn't want to do business with that because it's, you're so self-absorbed. Like, if you say 30 seconds and you go on for two minutes, it's like, okay, you don't give a shit about anybody else. Why would I want to do business? And people don't get that. I've heard some people just drone on and you're like, and they're not even entertaining. At least an entertaining person you can listen to a little bit, but sure. it's, you know, it's crazy. So this is the part I always like to talk about LinkedIn. And as I, I always have to say, I like LinkedIn. I just, things irritate me. And I'm not, I said earlier today what irritated me about the, the whole, everyone has a resolution everyone's putting it on it's like the gym and they're all just crap they're not they, no one ever says a resolution they always say how good they are that's what people like i want to it's never like i really like me i want to write a book okay that's what i want to do will i do it hopefully i will but i don't sit there and go well i'm going to write a book because it's going to be great you know and that's the thing and resolutions that's what pisses me off about linkedin right now is there something that pisses you off about linkedin or social media overall that we all need LinkedIn, but you go, what the F? You know, like, what, what is this person doing? And we'll stay with you, Steve, because you're, you're in events and you're creative. What is, what, is there anything that irks you? Irks, that's like a word my mom would use. Is there anything that irks you about LinkedIn? 
Uh, LinkedIn's not too bad. I mean, LinkedIn is to me the business Facebook. You don't get the, this is what I had for dinner last night. You know, I, have a, I mean, to me, I mean, maybe I have a good connection. I clean my connections a lot, about four times a year. I go through it. And if I'm connected to somebody and I have never spoken with them, I've never met with them, and there's really no reason for me, I clean off my list and then go replace them with somebody that I can meet or speak with or possibly do business with. Um, the, the things that really irk me are more on Facebook. It's when somebody's into the personal fitness and they start, they keep publishing their shirt off shots in the bathroom. It's like, nobody wants to see that, you know, um, it's, it's good to have resolutions and all that, but sometimes when people are trying too hard, like they're, you know, that person that's telling you, I'm funny, I'm funny, I'm funny. And you're like, you're not really funny. You're trying too hard. That's the only thing that bothers me. I mean, it's tough though, because not everybody's a content developer and they feel the urgency to post and they got a hundred things to do that day. So sometimes they're creating their content on very short notice and not really thinking about it and posting for the sake of posting. How about you, Jack? I, I like LinkedIn. I, I have a, a I'm LinkedIn with a lot of people. I had made a mistake. I don't know if it's a mistake or not, but I tend to always accept from somebody in the industry, in my industry. I'll always accept that. I always regret certain people, certain types of industries that try to link in with you. And what really gets me is you link in with someone and then with either immediately or within a day, you're getting a sales pitch. Not, hey, I'd like to just call you to introduce myself. That would be great. I would take those calls. But the pitch that I want to review your portfolio on, on a LinkedIn message, that just doesn't fly with me. How about you, Marcin? So, you know, for me, I, I've always been a firm believer. Use each platform for what it's meant to be. You know, if it's a social platform, absolutely. You know, use it how you want, and then I'll interpret it. And then if it's a business, more business-ended, hey, I would love to read an article if you're pushing something good, informational message, um, inspirational, all that kind of stuff. What irks me the most is if I go on LinkedIn or let's, I'll, I'll open up Facebook, what's going on? And I see a post from someone. Then I go on Instagram, has that same post. Then I go on LinkedIn and that's the same post. At that point, you're not doing anything but just blasting my, my, my feed. So that's just, I'm just like, why do it three times? You just told me one time, you know? So, and it's just, it's hard sometimes to buy into those messages when it's just a constant and constant. So that's for me. Yeah, my Facebook is completely different than my LinkedIn. Nothing really intercedes just because that's the way it is. And I, you know, I post pictures of food. I'm not going to put that on LinkedIn. I write exactly. off-color right. jokes. I'm not going to put that on LinkedIn. So. Right. Yeah. Here's a question I started a few weeks ago, and uh, I really like the answers, and I think, and people like it, and it's about business books, or any book. I don't read business books, and I always say that. I don't, I've, I've only read The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell, but I know a lot of people who constantly read business books. For me, I just can't think. Is there any book that you've read recently, or in your life, 
that has made a difference that you sit there and go, this is, this is something that's very important. You know, I get a bunch of different answers. Jack, is there any, are you a business book guy? I was a big business book guy and I've read every sales book, went to every seminar in my career. What I'd like to mention is one of the things that I've been able to do this year in this transition year of starting a new business understand and i think that steve and probably marcin can understand this uh, as as well as you steve is all the reading that i've done for the past 20 years has been to try to keep up with my industry this year in my transition i'm very happy to say that i've read almost 20 books just for pleasure um, I read almost all the James Patterson books. And the last book I read, which was very interesting, is called Say Nothing by a guy named Patrick O'Keefe. And it's the whole story of the uh, movement, the IRA movement and the British. And it, really great, interesting book. And it's been such a pleasure to be able to read for pleasure this past year. Okay, that's good. That's good. And it's always, and a lot of times we read those books. They do have a message. If you if you read a good book, there is messages in those books. Like you read an entertainment book, which I do, you see the struggle they go through. And so, how about you, Steve? Any any books that have put an imprint on you or made an impact? Um, I've read like the Zig Ziglar's. I've gone to someone's success seminars a long time ago. Um, when I read, I'm more of um, an escape person. I like the. Um, like the hunt for red October is one of my favorite books of all time. I love reading and watching series about people in situations where you find out real, a real person is, you know, crisis situation, adventure books, military books, things like that. I, I like to study the human behavior because you can write all you want and you can tell people to put out flip charts and do all this stuff. But you know, when the, when the, you know what hits the fan, you know, that's how you find out where the real person is. I love the adventure stuff. In fact, I'm watching a series now. It's great. I highly recommend it. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called Dangerous Roads, made by the BBC. And it basically puts a journalist and an entertainer, <clears throat> excuse me, an actor, into a car. And they pick like the 25 most dangerous roads in the world. And they make them spend about 14 days going through whether it's Siberia or East Africa or something. And it's just fascinating to watch the human interaction of how they deal with certain situations, like getting stuck in the mud at one o'clock in the morning in the middle of Africa. You know, that's where you find out how real people are. Okay. How about you, Marcin? Are you a business book guy or are you a pleasure book guy? What's, what's your call? I was a huge business book guy. It just, it was ingrained in, in the job. It was part of the description. You can say, you know, it was our responsibility to, you know, learn new techniques, uh, understand different situations, how to, you know, get the yes instead of the no, or how to overcome the no's. I mean, I read them all. It was great. So, but recently with the, you know, the change in career, um, I had a book that made a huge impact on me and it was a child who gave it to me at the house here at the Ronald McDonald house. It was called the giving tree. Um, it's by, uh, it's a children's book author from way back when it's escaped my mind, but the whole book is about goodness and compassion and doing things and results. And it was, it was just, it was very impactful because it brought me back to when I was a kid. 
So it was awesome. So then when I got that from a, a child, I kind of said, well, what else I can do? So in high school, I had a teacher who said, you need to read more. And I said, I hate reading. I'm not doing it. She introduced me to an author, author, old author, Louis L'Amour. And he wrote a lot of Westerns. You know, it was a cowboy stuff and all that stuff, but on a higher level. And uh, I picked up one of his books recently from the library. Yep, I just got my library card again. And, um, you know, I'm just enjoying it. But yeah, it's called The Giving Tree. Um, and it's a really, really nice story for kids and adults. Okay. Okay. Here's the final question I always ask. And, uh, you know, we all encounter people in networking, you all encounter anywhere in life. And then, you know, there's people that are starting a new career or they're just out of college, as they always say, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed or whatever that saying says my mom would say. And they start their career, or they may maybe college, maybe high school, maybe trade school, and they come up to you. And, you know, they don't know what to expect. And they ask you for advice. You know, how do I how do I make this shit work? How how do, how does how do I get on the right path? What do I do? What what is some advice, Jack? What's some advice that you would give to someone who comes up to you and goes, you know what? I'm starting a job. I want to start a build a career. What should I do? Well, I'll I'll echo what these two gentlemen mentioned earlier, in that you need to listen. You need to listen to that person and understand what their needs are. If you can't be a good listener, you can't be a good salesperson. The other thing that was mentioned a couple times here is honesty and integrity. You have to be honest. You have to be, you have to have that integrity. And those are the things that I look for. And those are the things that um, I advise people when they ask me these questions that you, like you just asked. How about you, Marcin? So for me, um, I got a lot of great advice throughout my career. But one thing I wish I would have heard was don't do it just because you think you have to. Um, and just take a step back, think through the process, think through your options. Um, I think that, you know, we're, we're living in a day and age now that we can do whatever we want and we have to feel that way, not be pressured into something. How about you, Steve? Of course, listen, that's the golden rule, but I would say you'd be willing to try new things. Like if you're doing a certain job and somebody says, can you give me a hand today? We're working on this project, dive into it. Because how many people actually do today what they went to school for? So you never know what you're going to do and try and really get excited by it and excel in it. So be willing and be open to help out any way anybody needs it. Hey, work the front desk one day. Or, you know, can you help us on the phones? Or we're, we're, we're firing up this technology and we're not sure how to use it. Get your hands dirty on everything that you can while you can and learn. Okay, that was great, guys. You know, a lot of good advice today. Now, Jack, how can how can people get in touch with you? How can they find out about your business? So I, I'm, I'm on the internet, jctech.com. Uh, My phone number, the best way to reach me is 215-661-8200. Also, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. How about you, Marcin? So, of course, all um, social media platforms, uh, Definitely would like to connect that way. Uh, cell phone, 856-580-7495. And of course, uh, 
number one, direct you to my website, and that's uh, rmhsnj.org. And um, has all the information you need, uh, some family stories, family videos and pictures and, you know, uh, my email address, everything like that. Okay. How about you, Steve? Phone number 856-430-8082. Very big on LinkedIn. Look me up, Graham, C-O-M-M. We do have a website as well, but uh, I'm out there. So show up at networking events and we'll run into each other. And people, I'm not giving any of you bastards my phone number. Hell with that. I keep my phone number. I don't have to give anyone that. You can reach me at the coop tank at yahoo.com. Also, go, go onto YouTube, check out past shows, search the coop tank, like them, subscribe, rate them, make a comment because you know there's a lot of great people that talk on the show. If you want to come in as a sponsor, tell me because the people who are on the show are leading professionals in the area, and the people who watch this show are also leading professionals. So it's a great way to get your message across. Also, my entertainment website, coopertalk.net, I have over 989 episodes. I just did a two-parter with Stephen Bauer from Scarface and Ray Donovan. Three hours I talked to him. Fascinating gentleman. So go to that, coopertalk.net. Don't forget to go to Sweet Recording, S-U-I-T, recording.com. You got to look it up. Come see Joe Jamie. Joe kicks ass. That's why I bring the show here. So anyway, you guys, happy 2024. I want to thank my guests, and I will all talk to you next week. <laughs>